Hi, welcome to Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek, and this is episode number 59. Today, this evening, tonight, we have a very, um, like, always unique episode, but of course, uh, we're still struggling as a community, as a, you know, a friendship, because I consider you my friend, you know, who you are on the other side of the speaker, and I want you to consider to consider uh, me your friend, but, you know, this, been this have been difficult times, And and before we keep going and talking and and about all this, uh, you know, unfortunately situation or situation around the world, I wanna welcome you. If this is your first time in the show, and in this show, in this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right, games that you can play solo, or that you and your fellow friends uh, can play against the game. Of course, it's hard to say in these difficult times. You know, of course, unfortunately, with the coronavirus or the COVID-19 around the world. Now, uh, we also talk once in a while, once per week. I'm sorry, once per week, no, once per month about a game that it cannot be, about a board game that it cannot be played solo or cooperative. That means just a competitive board games. Uh, so, in general, this podcast, it's about board games, right? Now, when I say with your fellow friends in difficult times and all the stuff, is because... You know, as you you know, as you are aware, in all the unfortunate situation around the world with the coronavirus, we're going through difficult times, where basically in pretty much all the countries around the world, uh, we uh, we have been in, uh, you know motivated and enforced by our, our local authorities or national authorities, or by the um, the health authorities to stay at home, to stay safe, stay at home, in order to avoid uh, any infection and you know um, more uh, cases of COVID-19. Uh, I know that in some uh, places in Europe or basically whole Europe it's uh, very uh, drastic right now. I know that in uh, Italy for example or Spain, uh, England, uh, uh, Germany I believe too. I mean things are, are kind of hard so For all of you, my friends, if you have listened to this episode, you noticed on the previous one I did a kind of a speech as well at the beginning. Um, my heart is with you. My strength is with you. My thoughts are with you. And I hope, I really hope that we can go through all this sooner than, rather than later. I know that authorities have been talking about vaccines and immunizations. And we have heard from different governments that they expect uh, to have a vaccine or immunization in about eight or nine months. I hope, I really hope, and I'm pretty sure you do as well, that that happens before. Because a big part of this hobby is that when we don't play solo and we play cooperative or competitive, we like to be with friends. We like to play with friends. We like to be surrounded by people. Like I mentioned in previous episodes, um, Uh, one uh, a virtue or high a detail about about us as a human beings first of all but also as a people that share this hobby is that we are good people and we try to be uh, good people with our surroundings with our community with our families with our friends and I know uh, this situation where uh, basically we need to be kind of in a self-quarantine or stay at home it's very hard for for a lot of people even for me I mean I love to play solo board games but I'm a very social person and I like to be surrounded by my friends and making uh, planning game days and planning barbecues and all this stuff but right now it's hard and we need to to uh, be mindful especially for the of the elderly people for the little kids for the people that can have uh, any any immune um, deficient on their on their system in that way they don't uh, get the the virus because with them could be the uh, could be a awful or 
a worse consequences that if if the virus gets to virus i'm sorry gets to uh, uh you know a normal people i guess like a young people i like to call like myself in my 30s 40s or 50 year old anyway enough enough with the coronavirus let's move over to the positive things but of course i had to mention it because it's this situation that is happening in our, around the world and when i'm recording right now we are let me give you the exact date we are on march 22 uh which is a sunday Uh, when we are recording this episode is 3.40 p.m. Uh, Eastern time of U.S. because, uh, like I mentioned to you before, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and that's where I record in my game room. Here, as I'm talking to you, I'm, you know, uh, taking a, a look at my game room or my games, and I have on, I usually have on the table uh, the game that I'm going to talk about, which is the same, uh, it's the same scenario right now. I have the game laid out that we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to tell you all about it. And this episode is also a little bit different. Why? Because we're going to talk about a Kickstarter, a new Kickstarter that is going to come out on April 6th. A very interesting Kickstarter that is designed by my friend David Tersey and also by YG and with Gordon Calleja. Now, I always say, and you have heard me in previous episodes about... When I see a game that has David uh, Tersey on the box, for me as a solo board gamer or as a um, friendly board gamer as well, I guess if you want to call it, it's almost a guarantee of a must-have. So now that we talk about the coronavirus and now that we went through all of this, it's time for us to talk about this game. Because once again, this game it will be released on April 6, 2020 on Kickstarter. I'm going to tell you everything about the game. I'm going to tell you how. what do I think about the art, even if I got the prototype version. Uh, what do I think about the rules, about the mechanics, about the gameplay. I already played with uh, two, three, four players. But, 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 I need to put a break on me. Before we start with the show, let's do it properly. Like always, let's start in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now we are officially on episode number 59 of Solo BG Podcast. We're getting to the number 60, that's great. And we have many, many, many surprises in the near future for all of you, my friends. But let's jump into today's episode, Excavation Earth. And it's uh, published, it's going to be published by Mighty Boards Games. And once again, it's designed by David Tersey, Y.E. and with Gordon Calleja. Now, before we go in there, I know you want to hear all about it. And I want to, I know you're probably here because you're uh, probably at this time, the campaign is live and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to need to back this game. I mean, it looks cool, but whatever. Well, I know you want to hear about it, but before we jump into that, let me tell you, like always, because it's a tradition on the show, what I have been playing recently, because of course, due to the situation that we're living worldwide, that once again, we already talked about in the beginning of the episode, and we talked on the previous episode as well, uh, let me tell you what I've been playing, because that's usually a tradition that I do of this show, um, you know, I tell you what I've been playing, and then we jump into the game and the different sections of the show, so what I've been playing this last week, after we recorded previous episodes i played clank in space clank in space uh you know uh by renegade uh, it's not by renegade game yes it is nope nope yeah it is by renegade 
<laughs> I had to look to my shelf here in the back and look the polisher in the box. Like, oh yeah, it's Renegade Games. Okay, uh, Clank in the Space, which it was a continuation of the basic Clank, which it has many, many expansions, and it has also a legacy mode that I'm very, 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 um, you know, happy that I want to try it. I want to get it, and I want to taste it and see how that legacy immersiveness. Uh, how the game works with that. But anyway, we're going to talk about Clank in Space here. Uh, we played Clank in Space, and basically, I know most of you, my friends, have played to Clank, but if you haven't, well, you have, you know, the, your different um, uh, heroes, or kind of like meeples, right? And you're trying to explore this space and getting artifacts and things like that, and the more deep you get in the space, uh, technically, you can get more uh, expensive point-wise artifacts, but then you have to come back because on the base game, we have a dragon, but in the space, we have like a, I guess, like a space <laughs> or a monster that is going to be triggered at some point. Now, during your during your turns, you're going to be placed like, kind of like a deck builder. So you're going to be playing cards to, um, to do actions or to get movement points or fighting points or things like that. But some cards, they, all, they add Clank to a space, which Clank is a little wooden cube, to a space. And then, you know, uh, once the, we hit the certain thing on the game that is either the space dragon or the monster... Everybody will grab this, or some, I guess everybody or somebody can grab all these uh, wooden cubes, put them in a bag that contains another wooden cubes, and we're going to start to draw those, draw those cubes from the back, and then those will be causing damage in our health track. So you know how Clank plays, and we're not going to talk about very much about Clank because I'm looking forward to do an episode about it as well. But yeah, just to, to tell you that I play Clank in space, I do enjoy Clank in space. I do. But spoiler alert for when the episode comes out, I prefer the uh, the theme and uh, from the basic clank. Also, the layout of the board of the basic clank I think is way better than the space one. Uh, I think this is uh, and it's weird, you know, because I do prefer the space theme more than the I guess sci-fi theme more than the than the adventure with dungeons and all the stuff. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I don't like that one. I like that one too, but I prefer the space and sci-fi one. But going to clank. I prefer the original, the base game with the original theme. And that's what I play. Also, I play Lockup, a role player tale by Thunderworks Games. This Lockup is a worker placement game, which basically we are in prison and we had to make our make the best of ourselves in prison in order to get uh, different abilities, to get some goons with us and like, items and stuff, stuff like that. Once again, I don't want to go too deep into that game because that one actually... It's coming on the next episode or the following one, so I don't want to give you too much spo- uh, too much spoiler. But that game it was sent to us by our friends from Thunderworld Games, and the game is on the same universe as the role player game. Of course, it was like kind of like a continuation or kind of I like to see like in a parallel story, right? Like it's in the same universe, but it doesn't follow the same heroes. Uh, so it's a very nice worker placement. It has a solo mode, very interesting as well with. Uh, uh, a deck of a card that they will be fighting you kind of in the solo mode or they will be putting your limitations in the solo mode. I already tried with my wife, of course, in these times of quarantine. And it really surprised me. Once again, I'm not going to share my thoughts yet. I'm not going to go very much on the game. But just to let you know that either this coming episode or the next one, it will be about Lock Up the Board Game, a role-player tale game, uh, and it's by Thunderworks Game. I also played another game that... It's published by Platehat Games, I'm sorry. But now Platehat Games got him got themselves independent or separated from Asmodee. Now Platehat Games are going back to be an independent publisher. Which by the way, on these hard times we need to support them. 
Anyway, is there. Uh, I played Aftermath, an adventure book game designed by Jerry Hawthorne. Now, I talk about you, I talk about this game on the previous episode. I'm looking forward as well to record an episode about this game because definitely, def- well, let me tell you, it's, it's an adventure book game, like I mentioned, uh, but definitely has that game of that, that part that is going to kind of push you to continue playing the game to see how the story goes. Now, coming from Jerry Hawthorne, the story, it's a guarantee. If if you if you don't know, uh, I mean, who I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about the same guy that designed Mice and Mystics, which it's, the story is so good, so good, that I don't know the facts, but uh, I know that apparently uh, they wanted to make a movie about it or something like that. It will be interesting to talk about Jerry, with Jerry Hawthorne about that, but... Um, you know, the, the story is very good. Jerry Hawthorne did a great job with the story, with the narration. I played the game. I played with my wife. I played solo. Uh, I haven't finished neither of the both campaigns. Um, and when the time comes, I'm going to tell you what I think, what I like, what I don't like too much, and all the stuff. So Aftermath, I played it. Had fun. I need to tell you that I had fun. But we're going to talk about uh, also in a very uh, near future <laughs> episode. Also, I play another game by Brother Wise Games, which is Unearth. Unearth is a game that it was released in 2017. And it has an expansion right now that I believe it's called The Lost Tribe, which I think it came out last Gen Con 2019. And with the expansion, the game allows you to play it solo, and it has a solo campaign as well. And it also adds you uh, five and six players, I think, modality, because the game, uh, the base game comes from two to four players. And basically, in on Earth, we are a tribe that, you know, we used to live in an Earth with, uh, with uh, you know, huge empires and things and, you know, good things and bad things, I guess. But the, the that Earth got destroyed. And now we are in different tribes trying to, get wonders again, trying to build wonders again in order to start a better future. So during the game, you're going to have cards uh, on the middle of the game that they will have different resources, and you're going to be rolling dice in order to try to get those resources in order to try to build those wonders. And you're going to be doing that in different in several rounds until your, until your decks of uh, wonders runs out or out, until your decks of ruins, better said, run, runs out because from that ruins, you're going to build new wonders or new buildings pretty much. Um, and once that deck runs out, well... The game is over, and whoever has the most points wins. It's fun. I played it with my wife. I'm looking forward, honestly, to get the expansion, and then from there, try to do an episode about it and try to give you a, a good review about it with the expansion and everything. So far, I, I only played it once, uh, but I, I had a good feeling about it I, at the game end, and you know, I, I asked my wife, do you enjoy it? She said, yes, I enjoy it as well, and I'm looking forward to play more times the base game, but also with the expansion, like I mentioned. That was on Earth from Brother Wise Games. Those aren't the same that made uh, Call to Adventure, which is another game that I really enjoy. Uh, uh, and yeah, so if you if you want to know more about Brother Wise Games, yeah, those are the same guys, you know, that made those two games. And also, don't quote me. Yeah, they did Boss Monster, I think. I think they are the ones from the Boss Monsters. Anyway, and also last night, I also played... Pathfinder, the adventure card game, the new core set that it was released in 2019 and is the same game by Mike Selinker. Um, 
it's it's better definitely like i already posted in some facebook groups which by the way if you don't follow us follow us on facebook at solo bg podcast twitter and instagram with the same name solo bg podcast because i'm every every single game that i play i always post it there in that way you can see the pictures and you can get in touch with me if you need to uh, you know we can talk about games everything episodes links everything is there i try to share content almost daily Anyway, I play at Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, the corset from 2019, and I I see some different uh, things from the old one, which is was just the Adventure Card Game, the first edition, I guess. Uh, with that, my experiences with uh, School and Crackles and uh, School and Shackles, I'm sorry. <laughs> and this one is just the Pathfinder Adventure Corset, right? The new edition. It has new art, which is it looks very cool. Um, it's, it's better, definitely. The layout on the cards is better. Um, it has some different mechanics, um, some different things that happen. The, the base, the base idea of the game remains the same, where you have the the hour, uh, the timer of the of the, every game or every adventure, which is through a deck of blessings, depending on the number of players. And your players travel to different locations, trying to look for the bandits and trying to close those locations in order to to defeat the the main villain of the adventure. And but the villain, if you don't close any other locations, he can escape to other ones, and you're kind of chasing him and it's it's nice i play it with two characters one a solo game two characters and it also has the the other thing that i like that they implement more on this version is that you have a story you have actually like a campaign storybook that is guiding you through the different adventures right it has more narration has a more story in the aspect that okay you know what you're doing kind of you know why your characters are there and then when you finish you know where your characters are going according to the story so i think that's very cool because in the previous one it has you had like a little decks of expansion cards and basically like you will read a little bit of flavor text on the card and that was it in this one you have you have still a little bit of flavor text which is uh, very very minimum but you have everything on the adventure book, which is great. It it uh, it took me. I had more the feeling that I have. I was playing yes, a card game, a dungeon crawling card game ish, but also that I was in a role playing game kind of. Um, you know, the only thing is that in the course that you don't get enough dice to roll. I mean, you get the basics dice like the d12, d10, d20, uh, d12, d10, d8, uh, d6, and d4. Um, but you know, if you have more dice around, you can use because you will be like, like you know, in this game, like you can roll a d4. But if you discard, if you show this card the power, it adds you another d8. But then if you discard this weapon as well, it adds you another d4. So in that way, you can have multiple dice to roll. Um, so I highly recommend it to try to check it out. There's some pictures on my Facebook, and I'm looking forward. Who's who knows? Probably I will do an episode about it in the near future as well. So those are the games that I've been playing since the last time that we speak, you and I. And now, like I said, this episode will be a little bit different because I usually, if you have listened to the previous ones, and if not, let me tell you, I usually do divide the the show in different sections. I talk about the box and cover, which basically I try, I try to talk about the size of the box, the cover, the art, all the stuff, what it says on the back, what it says on the front. Uh, and then we go to the inside the box where I basically unbox the game from you, um, in front of you, I'm sorry, in that way you can have that audio unboxing through audio. And if in that way, if you're not able to watch a video, well, you can experience the same, same feeling, but just with audio. And then I talk about the gameplay, and then I talk about my thoughts. Now, in this case, because they sent me a prototype of Excavation Earth, we're going to do it a little bit different. I'm just going to talk to you about everything step by step, but without going in different section. So with that being said, let's jump to Excavation Earth. Excavation Earth. 
Okay, so now let's talk in deep about Excavation Earth, which once again is published by Mighty Board Games and is designed by David Tercy, YG, and Gordon Calleja. Okay, so Excavation Earth is going to be a game, once again, that is going to be released on April 6th, if I'm not incorrect, on Kickstarter. So probably by this, uh, uh, like I said before, at the time that you're listening to this episode, the campaign is on there, it's live. In that way, I hope this uh, podcast or this episode help you to determine if the game is good for you or not. Also, probably it could be that at this time the game is on a late pledge and you don't know if you want to get the game or not. You don't know if you, if you want to jump in, so I hope it helps you as well. Or probably, why not, this game is already on the retail stores, on the gaming stores, and you're thinking about buying on Whatever is the case, I hope uh, my thoughts on the game in my description in the game can help you to, to determine if the game is for you or not. Okay, let's start. In Excavation Earth, it's a game of alien archaeologists and artifact trading for one to four players. Now, what is about Excavation Earth? In Excavation Earth, players take on the role of alien archaeologists on a mission to recover artifacts from the now uninhabited Earth. The main board is going to be the map of the Earth with 21 different locations. And some locations are going to be markers, some of them are going to be dig sites, some uh, are going to be uh, the black market deposits, things like that. So you have that. You have the board when you're going to be moving around and trying to, to do different things, right? And once again, this is the prototype version of the game. So the components that I'm going to be reviewing and I'm going to be talking to you about, it's from the prototype version of the game once again. So what you're going to get on this game, uh, at least so far what I got on this game, is you're going to get the main board. You're going to get the race power tiles, which is tiles that are going to help you to do different things. You're going to have six-player boards, which they're nice, you know, very uh, cardboard sturdy and with nice illustration as well. And it has the character that you're going to be playing on the game or the role of the alien that you're going to be on the game. And it also gives you some abilities of that character. You have different types, like, for example, right now in front of me, I was playing a two-player game and I was playing with, I hope I pronounced it correctly, Dal Harai Corp, Corp <laughs> which they are the pilots. And then you have Is Sisinui, which they are the physics. And they all have different abilities. That way they can uh, have different strategies during the game. You also gonna get uh, three explorer pieces, uh, you know, for each of the of the alien uh, guys or the alien roles. Now I got uh, standees, which they look cool. We will talk about it towards the end when I tell you what I think about the game. You also get uh, 24 crew cubes uh, with their wooden wooden cubes, um, you know, different colors in the way for every character. You have the blue, you have the green, you have the gray, and you have the black. And then you have one fuel marker and one turn order marker for each of the players. Also, you're going to get on the game 10, uh, 10 each color meeples that they're going to represent the population that you can do business with, basically, on the game. So you're going to get um, 10 purple, 10 yellow, 10 uh, orange, 10 red, and 10 green, uh, giving you a total of 50 wooden meeples. You also get seven white meeples, which they're like a wild or a neutral in the game, which, once again, you're <laughs> getting already 57 meeples. That's a lot. Um, you're getting 90, 90 artifact tiles. You get 60 action cards. You get 17 buyer cards. You have you get four initiate, initiative tokens, and you get tons and tons and tons of credit tokens um, in uh, different delimit, uh, denominations, like 1, 5, and 10. And, of course, there will be victory points as well. So that's what you get in the, at least that's what I got in the in the prototype version, which I'm pretty sure is very similar 
to the one that is going to be uh, on retail or on Kickstarter, better said. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a lot of stretch goals and things like that. But now that we talk about what, what, do you, what do you find inside the box, let's jump more to see how the game works, how the game plays and all that stuff. How the game goes? The game goes in, in, different, in different phases, right? So it has three phases, which is the preparation phase, the action phase, and the market scoring phase. Like many games, the first phase, you don't do it after the first round. So then you're going to have the first one, which is the preparation phase. Once again, not the first round, the following ones, but that doesn't matter. I'm just trying to tell you, to talk to you about the gameplay, right? So that phase is going gonna, is gonna to be divided in two parts, which is the cycle black market, or the, yeah, the cycle of market and the recent buyer queues. Uh, so basically, that's when uh, artifacts and things are going to be moving, uh, you know, from the black market, which is a part of the game that you can also get artifacts because you want to get artifacts. That's the uh, the main <laughs> mechanic of the game. And also, um, you know, the meeples that are going to be on different markets around the, around the earth, they're going to be moving around their different colors because you're going to have a you're going to be managing a hand of cards that also is going to allow you to play actions in different regions. And those meeples will play a very important part on the game uh, and to your strategy, depending on the colors that are in each market. Then you're going to jump into what it's called Resolve Survivor Forecast, which basically the Survivor Forecasts are cards that are laying down on the board already from previous rounds uh, that you're gonna that they're going to trigger different uh, aspects or things that are going to happen around the game. They basically are going to be the ones that are going to be determining which artifacts or how many artifacts are coming to different regions. So you're going to refresh those ones, which basically they're going to be changing turn by turn in that way or round by round, better said, in that way, you have different options every round. Then you're going to uh, jump into another section of the game that is very interesting that is called the Determinate Player Order. So the player order is going to be a track on the board that is going to tell you one to four, of course, if you're playing one player, two players, three players, or four players. And you're going to be getting influence tokens during the game. And depends on the influence token that you're getting during the game is the turn order that you're going to take now. So you're going to place your marker there in that way the turn order, it will be changing round by round, but you can be being the first player all the time, or you can jump from being the first players to now to be the fourth player. So that mechanic is definitely uh, kind of not unique, but different, because in that way you avoid the, the usually mechanic of clockwise, right? And then you're going to get new cards. And this is when an interesting mechanic happens, because uh, on the beginning of the game, when you set up, you get six cards, right? Every round you're going to get... Uh, Six cards, let me count again, no, seven cards. You see, I was doing a mistake already. You're going to get seven cards. So, But did, now in this phase, everybody is going to get six cards. You're going to pick two. And guess what? You're going to pass the other one to the player on your left. So that's the, it has like a drafting, very nice drafting mechanic. In that way, you can have more control of your hand, which is like a you know, hand management mechanic. Because with these cards, you're going to be triggering the main actions of the game. So it's very, very important um, to be uh, very um, focused on which cards you have and on which times you want to play them in order to get different resources from the Earth as well. And that way you can bring it to your top law on your alien roles. Then after you do all this, which is basically going to be kind of uh, refreshing uh, every round of the game. Then you go into the action phase. Now, the action phase, we can do many, many, many things because remember, 
We are aliens that we come to the Earth to try to exploit and excavate and get artifacts, minerals, all sort of things. Like the, the, the idea of the game and the theme of the game, I really enjoyed. Then it's going to the action phase where you can do many things and you can do, you are going to be able to do two actions that you can repeat the same action over and over if you like up to two times <laughs> but anyway you can travel you can excavate you can go to the market you can export you can smuggle you can survey you can pass that's the most boring one you don't want to pass anyway so you will have the details of these actions in a little bit but basically basically as you you, you hear you're going to be able to do multiple things many 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 things each round of the game in order to you know get the more more points be the more riches in artifacts in points the most famous alien over there in that way you can say like hey i went to earth i got some good stuff you know and i'm the best so when we talk about the actions for example every single action is going to require you to use one card except like i mentioned before that's why you want to have a good hand management on this game except the one that it allows you to travel because for that one you have another mechanic which is a tracking feel on your board so every time that you travel you go down on the tracking field and so forth if you don't have fuel well you need to get more because you're not gonna be able to travel also if you want to pass well of course it doesn't require any card but but nobody wants to pass that's the most boring one you don't want to pass you want to make points my friend you are here for that so um that's how you can do the first like i already talked about the travel one just you know spend fuel and you travel to another location in the world now of course you can excavate, which is excavation. Excavate, it's on the theme. It's on the name. <laughs> if you want to excavate, well, you simply must discard an action card that matches the region in which you want to perform this action. Then you take up to two artifacts from the main board, of course, where in the region that you are. You, you can also go to the market. And if you go to the market, well, of course, you have to discard an action card that match, in, uh, that match the, act the market in which you want to perform this action. You can also export your artifacts and your goods, right? You need to export them. And also you can get different benefits from doing this, such as victory points with the game. You can also, which is a fun one, you can also smuggle. Why not? Because we're trying to get the most uh, expensive artifacts, I guess. Uh, to smuggle, you must have an explorer present on the black market side, of course, in the map, and discard an, actual con with a an action card with a market icon. You're going to have tons of icons on this game. And... Uh, you need, it needs to match one of the shows on the market side and then you can smuggle those artifacts. You can also survey, which is uh, replace any card from the surveys for, survey or forecast, which remember, those are the ones that are going to determine the population of the meeples that are going to be different. It's going to be uh, in different markets in order for you to trade and all the stuff. Uh, uh, if if you can do that, well, you it's going to basically let you kind of refresh it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the way also... Um, you know, you will get that influence token in order to when you go and do the survey, and that's how you get them as well. You can also pass. The only benefit of passing is that when passing, you receive a one credit for each fuel remaining on your fuel track. Remember, I talked to you, that's a different mechanic on the game as well. The fuel track, and that way you can do certain movements. Um, uh, then uh, you can, you know, kind of bring back the fuel track. And uh, but that the only thing is that if you do this, you not take any more actions in the action phase of the current round. Now, if this is the let's say you're starting the round and you don't have uh, enough uh, fuel, well then you can uh, perform the pass action if it's, if it's the first one, and then the following one it will be for fate, so you will be able to do more stuff. And then after you do all these actions, it's gonna jump into what is called the market scoring phase. 
And then at the end of each round, credits are awarded for each market influencer. The player with the most crew cubes in the influencer's area of a particular market is going to gain credits equal to higher numbers shown on that marker. The player with the second most crew members in the influence area gains credits equal to the lowest number. So it's basically in allocation, if you have the most influence, well, you get the more rewards in the markets, right? You have five different markers on the track. The second one will get less points. For example, right now on the first market, the most one is going to be 10 points. The, the second most is going to be the third. Then so for 11 and 4, 9 and 2, 10, 3, 10, 4, and 8 and 0. That's the worst one. And, and that's how you're going to be getting points in order to get points every round to be the winner, of course. The game ends at the conclusion of the third round. Each player gains credit for each row and column in their gallery. The gallery is a part of a region that you're going to have in your tableau. So every time that you're getting an artifact, you're going to place it in your tableau as well. And then you're going to place a cube according to the artifact type and the color. In that way, you can show it in your gallery, right? Like in your alien gallery. And at the end of the game, if you have, if you, have uh, you know, a combination of good artifacts and colors, then you're going to be getting uh, also a victory points. And at the end of the game, and at the end of the, of the game, the player with the most credit is the winner. And like always, it has a tiebreaker, you know, like most of the games. In case of a tie, the player with the highest number of remaining artifacts on their player board wins. If it's still a tie, all the aliens share the victory. So that's basically, and I was trying to go with you, you know, I have notes. That's why some of those notes I was reading them for you of how the game plays. Of course, coming from David Tersey. Uh, you know, if you know from pre him, his previous jobs, like in Teotihuacan, where he did a solo mode, um, and also on Sierra West, which is another uh, favorite, uh, one of my favorite solo modes on on from David. Also, an acronym means his game. Uh, you know, it has that seal of David Tersey, and uh, because of that, you have a lot of symbols in the game. And you have uh, and I, one thing that I that I did find in this game is that you have different mechanics. And, and yeah, so I tried to make it kind of simple and kind of in a make sense way, I guess, uh, trying to take notes of the action and try to tell you how they work and all this stuff. But that's basically it. Now that I, that I told you, uh, which I hope I told you briefly <laughs> how the game plays. So now, and I describe for you every round in action, all this stuff. Now, let me tell you what I think about the game and this section, it's called... What do I think about the game? Thoughts on the game. Okay, so now let me tell you my thoughts on the game. This game, Excavation Earth, definitely, definitely had that seal of David Tersey. And I'm pretty sure YE and Gordon Calleja also, they put their huge input on this game. Because um, the game has different mechanics that you will be uh, doing during the game. For me, it gives you more like a, you know, like a hand management, uh, hand action, also sort of a area control because it's important where you're going to be moving as well. Uh, and also it has a very a very interesting mechanic of how you're going to be moving the meeples around each market and the colors and all the stuff. Now, the, of course, the meeples are going to be the same colors as the markets because you're going to be able to trade with them and, and things like that in order to trade or different, getting more points uh, in each round. The game itself... It has, um, I'm not going to go with Board Game Geek Thoughts because, of course, uh, this game it hasn't been released and it's on Kickstarter at, at the time of this recording. It's going to be on Kickstarter at the time of this recording. It has a complexity, in my, in my opinion, a, a weight complexity of 2.5 to 2.7 or 8. 
uh, it has um, you know that David Terzi, like I said, sign on the on the box. If you if you enjoy games like Anagrony, uh, if you enjoy the solo mode of Teotihuacan, if you enjoy the solo mode of Sierra West, and kind of like games that they uh, force you to implement or handle that complexity of things, uh, then this is a game for you. It has a tons of symbology that trigger different things around the map. Uh, it has um, ma mainly the whole language on the games. On the game is symbols, so you will have to 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 memorize what each symbol does and what its symbol represents and different things. Uh, once you get the the feel of the games, once you play a couple, once you play a couple of rounds, then or a couple of turns, but it's said then it's gonna it's gonna be easier for you. Now the illustrations on the game, the illustrations of the game are fantastic. I I like it. I love it. Uh, and it reminds me a lot of the illustrations from a comic book that I read that is called Oblivion Song. And if you have read that comic, it's kind of similar. Um, you know, going to the aliens, some of the aliens they really they really remind me to the to the comic, which is why by the way a very good comment and I recommend it for you. Um, it's from the same creator of The Walking Dead, so there you go. <laughs> and uh, the game also, you know, the area, I like the area control aspect, kind of like area control. It's not necessarily an area control, but the aspect that you need to be moving to different regions in order to try to get the best artifacts. Also, I like the mechanic of the fuel track, where only allows you to do certain movements and force you to kind of regain fuel, right, if you want to keep moving. I love, I definitely love the drafting part on this game because they it really matters like it, it really it really can determine how a turn goes because once again you want to make sure that you have the right cards in order to do the right actions on different spots on the earth so that part i like it the components the meeples that i received with the prototype version with different colors they're lovely they're they're they look very good on the table the game has a very nice presentation on the table if you don't believe me Go to Solo BG Podcast on Facebook and you will see all the pictures that I got posted on the game. Also on Instagram and Twitter uh, because I post pictures of the game. There's a picture that I posted like probably two weeks ago. Uh, once again from the time of this recording when I'm, I'm laying out basically all the components on the table. And if this is a prototype version, I like the components um, and it looks cool. Then I took a picture uh, at the time of this recording, which is the same one that, I, that I'm doing when I share the link. That it shows the setup for the two-player games. And it also looks great. It looks fantastic, in my opinion. Very colorful. Um, now, I am imagine if this is the prototype version, the retail version of the Kickstarter version is going to be even better. My only thing that I really enjoyed that much from the components was the standees for every, um, for every alien. I prefer miniatures. I hope this game can have a, like a stretch goal with miniatures because the standees and the prototype version are very simple, like a like a, with a, a wide background and just the, the same, uh, pretty much the same drawing from the from the tableau, but now in the standee and they have like different bases that it determinate the color of the player as well. Going to the tableaus or the or the character board, it's great. The art is great, and I like how different characters have different abilities, and I think that's a very important thing of the game that also I like. I like that during the setup they make it random. Uh, of course, you can house rule it and you can choose every character you want or the, your favorite alien, I guess. But the, the the abilities they really play a huge important important part in the game. So I think that's why I like it better when they do it random. Just shuffle the top laws and give one to each player as well. Now the solo mode. I didn't try the solo mode uh, and I was a little bit, you know, sad that in the prototype 
I didn't get instructions or rulebook for the solo mode um, because David Tersi, I mean, he's great for solo games. But with what I saw and what I play, I imagine that it's going to include also like a deck of cards for to work as an AI or an automa. In that way, the game it can be played solo. And if that's the case, I have nothing, nothing, nothing more than bigger expectations for that mode as well. Because, once again, it's David Terzi. So that's that. That's are my thoughts. The game, uh, if I was to rate this game from 0 to 5, where 0 is the worst and 5 is the best game ever, I will give this game a solid 4. Because uh, in my experience, once again, with 2 players and 4 players, the game worked out. We all had fun. The game wasn't that long. Probably the 4-player one, it was in about, um, I don't know, 60 to 80 minutes. And the two-player one, it was around 40. And, you know, I, I like it. I like the, the, the theme. First of all, I like how you're moving around and all the stuff, getting the colors, the, the, the colorful components of the game. I love them. Uh, and, yeah, this is Excavation Earth. Right now, I don't know the price or the details. I don't know if at this point there's a lot of stretch goals if you're listening to this episode. Uh, and, and you know, and there's already stretch goals and components or difference or whatever. But this game, how it is, I like it. I also, I don't know the price of the game. I don't know how much it's going to be. Uh, you know, different tiers and all the stuff that you can find on, on, on Kickstarter. I cannot tell you what to do with your money. But what I can tell you is share my thoughts like I just did. Uh, kind of explain you how the game works in, in, in audio. And also tell you that uh, if you're a David Thursday, um fan, this will not disappoint for you. I'm looking forward at this time uh, to look more into, wait more for the Kickstarter, see how the solo mode will be, see what are the stretch goals, uh, what is um, the quality on the components, what is going to change, and all that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, this game was uh, was was in, it was being showed in different conventions around the world, but of course, um, because because we're going through difficult times, most of the convention has been canceled. GenCon, which is the other biggest one, the next biggest one in August. We are still this time like hoping and praying that it's not going to be canceled, but at the same time that we all going to be safe in order to go. Anyway, um, because of that, I know they were showing it in different conventions. And if you were able to try it, well, that would be amazing because you can share your comments on this on the post of this uh, link uh, for this episode in the way you can tell me what you thought about the game. Once again, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. But I'm going to share with you that I'm, I'm backing this one. I'm definitely backing this one because I want it on my, on my uh, game collection because I think it's a game that is going to hit very often to the table. And I really, really, I really enjoy the mixtures of mechanics on the game. I really did. Uh, especially when I got the game, I, I wasn't imagining like a drafting mechanic or, you know, things like that. And, and I think the drafting mechanic is fantastic because once again, it really determines on how the game it's gonna go. Also, I mean, this could help you if you don't know too much of the work of David Tersey. But let's say you like drafting games like Seven Wonders or some or stuff like that. Well, take a check, check, a, check out this one because once again, this is not Seven Wonders, but it has that drafting mechanic as well. Anyway, these were my thoughts of Excavation Earth. Uh, it's uh, once again a very unique, uh, multi mechanic game, a very promising game from David Tersey. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you are safe. I hope you can share this episode with your friends uh, and your family. Once again, stay safe. I want to thank very. I want to say a big thanks to my friend uh, Mitterung from Chile. I always say hi to him because he always listening to the show, and that's amazing. Great job, Mitterung. Uh, and also, I want to say hi to my friend Mark and Niam 
because they also uh, listen every time to the episode from England. A big hug to England. And a big hug to all of you, my friends, because I know these are difficult times once again from the time that we are recording. But just uh, we need to stay safe. We need to keep uh, getting stronger. And, you know, we need to keep playing games. And, and hopefully, hopefully everything will be back to normal in, in, in the near future. And we can learn from this. We can be even better person than we are right now. We can be more positive and we can take care of each other. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Once again, remember that you can follow me on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Solo BG Podcast. Uh, more good things are coming to the podcast. We have more giveaways. We have some news that we almost, almost make want to make it official right now, but we're trying to uh, work in the last details of it. So hopefully by next episode, I can share those news with you. And this is going to be more exciting to all my friends that they also speak Spanish. So anyway, that's the only spoiler that I can give you, but not yet. I need to make it still official and, and fix the little things. Um, but anyway... This was Solo BG Podcast. I hope you enjoy Excavation Earth. Once again, check it out. It's on Kickstarter, uh, hopefully at this time where you're listening to this episode. And if not, it's going to be live on Kickstarter on April 6th. Uh, and if you're in Let Pledge time, we are in Let Pledge time or Kickstarter Live or it's in Ritz already. Hope this uh, episode um, help you to decide if you want to get the game or not. But honestly, I recommend it. I give it a solid four. So that's it. Anyway, thanks for listening. And like always, remember... For victory... Go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>